Rick Madison, Rick and Friends. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, today, he took some time out of a very busy mayoral schedule to have some uh, fun with us today. And it is Colin Basher. Welcome to the big show. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having me. Really uh, awesome to be here. We've talked about this a long time. Glad we could finally make it happen. I mean, how long has it been? It's oh, a few weeks. since the, Well, since the sales ninja days, honestly, since you and I have actually had the opportunity to share airtime. That was a crushing. That was a, that was one of my favorite moments. And then the other one was when you lost to my son for the video and you had to buy pizza for the classroom. Which was awesome. And uh, you know what? That was a really cool thing your son did, by the way. Uh, yeah, happy, to, but happy to help feed his buddies. Anytime. Well, I mean, I, I think they all kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> so that was good. Okay, so we got a lot to go through. I want to make sure we get through it. Uh, first one. Who's your favorite hockey team? Oh, that one's easy. Uh, I think everybody knows enough to, to know by now. The Edmonton Oilers are absolutely my favorite hockey team. Uh, and, and people always ask you, like, did you grow up in Alberta or something? Like, why would you cheer for the Oilers? Um, and that, that answer is quite simple, actually. I was a Wayne Gretzky fan growing up. And uh, I literally thought he could walk on water and just stayed loyal to the Oilers even after he left. Um, you know, that uh, that day in August, I think it was what, 1988 in August, was uh, it was crushing. I remember picking up the Daily Courier. I distinctly remember sitting on the steps uh, or, you know, on the stairs in, in our family home, one of those typical, you know, 1970s, 80s bi-level homes. Mm -hmm. Went and got the Courier, sat on the stairs, and I, I literally saw the headline and I cried. You wept. Uh, I, I wept, yeah. Gretzky well, going to LA was a tough, tough time for me. We're going to try and get through this uh, because, as you know, I'm a diehard Calgary Flames fan. Yeah. So we'll we'll go back and forth here a little bit. You I think I my team got that. better over the over the offseason, to be honest. Okay. Huberdo, Weger, Kadri, to name I think a few. They st I think they just stayed the same, personally, but that's all right. Oh, my God. They okay. did lose to Edmonton okay, in the playoffs. Now. It was going to be a fun interview, but now you've, now you started something. Okay. So I've got a, a number of different questions that we want to uh, go through. This is from Basecamp Cards. Uh, they Which is did a great, it. that's a great entrepreneur, young entrepreneurs in our city. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So she did a stint on Dragon's Den, as did I, November 3rd. That's when it comes up. But anyway, enough <laughs> about me. Um, here's, we have random cards. Do you, let's see, what's your, what's your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure? Oh, geez. Well, I do enjoy red wine. Okay. For sure. Uh, what could you give a 40-minute presentation on with absolutely no preparation? Oh, the growth of our city. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, what is one thing you hope to accomplish by the end of the year? Get reelected. Okay. What is the best thing that happened to you during the past week? I volunteered at the hospital. Okay. Uh, what is your most impressive skill? I've seen you on the ice. <laughs> so we know it's not that. Um, impressive skill. Jeez, that one's, uh, you know, I, it, it's, it's hard to talk about yourself. I know, I know. Um, I feel like I, I'm, I enjoy speaking, although people probably listening now are like, well, he clearly is not. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm a good orator. Orator? Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. Uh, what is your dream concert? 
Oh, Led Zeppelin. If I could go back in time to see one band, it would be Led Zeppelin for sure. Did you see Greta Van Fleet when they I came to town? I missed them. I didn't have an opportunity to go see them. And I know that they are often compared to uh, Led Zeppelin. I, yeah. If I could go back in a time machine, I, it would be Madison Square Garden, Led Zeppelin, 100%. Okay. Uh, what is something you wish more people knew about you? that I have a huge heart for this community, but sometimes in leadership you get painted um, different ways or, or with different stripes. Um, when I, I really do care about making this city f better for every individual in this city, but I know that that's not always how I'm viewed. Okay. Um, how do you hope you'll change as a person in the future? I am not perfect and I have never said that I am. And so I just continue to uh, grow and learn from my mistakes. Uh, and I, I have made mistakes. I'll be the first to admit it. Um, but it's what you do with those mistakes that you uh, do the work and, uh, and make yourself better as a result. And uh, these last four years actually have probably been the greatest period of growth for me um, because of just the various things that I've been through. Okay. And uh, who or what gives you the most motivation? My kids, 100%. Uh, they are just um, incredible uh, little humans who, again, uh, make me want to be better. And I know that sounds cliche. Um, but again, uh, I came to the realization um, several years ago that as cool as this job is that I have, I have a job that's far more important, and that's as a dad. And so making sure that I don't miss their activities and I am a part of their lives is my top priority. That's got to be tough, though, because, I mean, I, the schedule is packed all the time. Uh, it is, but I have just said, look at there are just some things uh, as your mayor, uh, I may not be able to attend because I'm at a hockey game or I'm at a soccer practice um, because uh, that's important for my kids. They, uh, they didn't ask for me to be mayor. Um, but I, I certainly have a responsibility as their father and it's one that I, uh, I take seriously, but I will admit when I first became mayor, this job I could tell was consuming me. And so I had to really make a conscious choice of, yes, again, this job is important and I work my ass off to do this job, but I also work m even harder to be a really good father and to be present for them. And that's the other thing is you can be there, but I could be on my phone or my mind could be somewhere else. I want to make sure that I'm actually present for my kids because I think almost in some ways being physically present, but being emotionally unavailable to them might be even more detrimental. So I, I make sure that I, I focus on being both of those things. Yeah. And, and I get that too, is, you know, when you're pulled in so many directions, it's tough sometimes. There's a, there's a balance you strike, hopefully, maybe. Um, okay. That was from Basecamp. So Basecamp, love that. Good job. Each diamond is uniquely different. It is special and beautiful because of its rarity. That is the power and magic of a diamond. A new store in Kelowna is open to showcase this symbol of love and commitment. Herrera, fine jewelry. The name in Latin means rare and exceptional. Much like a diamond is extraordinary and rare. Just like Herrera, fine jewelry, featuring Takuri, Noam Carver, Burks, and Simon G. Jewelry. 
so let's go into matters of the heart, which is uh, obviously the running for mayor brings out every single issue, question, everything else. What do you hear most often on the campaign trail? Like what what query do most people sure. throw at you? Um, I mean, do you want like issues or issues? Or, sure. Yeah. I, I think it'll be no surprise to anybody. Um, the top issues are, of course, uh, crime and safety, um, followed closely by social issues. And then I would say the next sort of questions could be grouped together in terms of how our city's growing. Some people love how our city's growing. I'd say a lot of people love how our city's growing, but there are uh, some in our community who believe it's growing too fast or it's growing in areas maybe it shouldn't or that the buildings are too tall. So I would say that's that's uh, the two um, categories I hear the most of are crime and social issues and growth of our community and how um, that all is is coming about and, and moving forward. So for you, what... You know, and and again, once you hear these things on the campaign trail, I saw a little bit of the mayoral forum, I guess, uh, down at the college. But it seems like the the homelessness just seems to be an overriding issue for a number of people. Yeah. And and why do you think that more than any other year, any other time, it seems to be just hitting a, a white hot? It's a white hot issue, and it's and it's volatile. Well, I think it's just because it's so visible. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of great work that's happening uh, and can, you know, and, and will continue to, to get to people housed and get them the help that they need. Um, but un- unfortunately, and, and frustrating for all of us, all mayors right across the province and, uh, you know, all leaders across all levels of government is that um, there's it's just not happening fast enough getting people housed and supported um, because it's a, a complex issue. And I, I know, again, residents are frustrated of hearing that. Um, you know, when you think about, when you talk about social issues, I think most people realize and are compassionate enough to say, yeah, you know what? Everybody deserves to have a roof over their head. The majority of the people on our streets are dealing with a trauma or a mental health issue. Most people are recognized that, you know what? They definitely need help. Um, And then when it comes to those who are on our streets, particularly repeat offenders, uh, people want to see those who are committing crimes held responsible. So of the three things I've just mentioned, how many of those does city council directly control? The answer is none, not one of those things. And that's not an excuse. I'm not here to make excuses because we we are doing a lot of great work to help fix those very scenarios I've just talked about. But city council doesn't directly control any of that. So it's, it's difficult. And you asked earlier, you know, what's one thing you wish people knew about you is that I, I wish it's not what they knew about me. I wish it's what they knew in terms of all of the things that are happening to actually meaningfully deal with these issues. Because a lot of it, particularly around repeat offenders, is we need to be tougher on crime. Don't get me wrong. I am the first to say people who do terrible things should be held accountable. But if they have an underlying mental health or addiction issue, how do we expect to lock them up? And then when they're done spending their time in jail and they're released back onto the streets, that suddenly now everything's okay and they're not going to fall back into a life of crime? So there's a lot of great work happening now as a result of advocacy we're doing to get those supports in place so that when a person is released from prison, it's not just, hey, good luck, see you you next time. 
It's here are some supports in place to get you a roof over your head, to continue uh, your rehabilitation so that you don't fall back into a life of crime. Um, and we know that doing those things is far less expensive than simply throwing someone in jail time and time and time again, utilizing up policing resources, uh, utilizing court time. Um, so again, there's a lot of really great work happening and it's hard to answer a question like that in one minute in a mayoral debate. Mm. Uh, and, and I yeah, think that's I'm what's big, hard. I'm not a big fan of that one minute thing. And the federal election was like that too, where it was sound bites versus actual meaningful responses to very complicated and complex questions. The the one, so Journey Home, what, what grade would you give Journey Home as far as a roadmap goes? Um, I would say about a, a C plus or B. Um, certainly it's had some challenges, um, but it's not so much as a result of the people running Journey Home. Um, it, again, it's for the complexities that we've run into as we have implemented the plan. So for example, great success in getting people housed. Over 300 people who were previously on our streets now have a roof over their heads and are no longer sleeping outside. But the average resident would say, well, I'm not seeing a difference. It doesn't look like that's the case. Um, one, because the number of homeless, not only in Kelowna, but across the country, continues to grow. Um, but I would say this is that where supportive housing, which again is provided by the provincial government, but through strong advocacy and partnership with the city of Kelowna, we've been able to get 300 people housed. Why the average resident hasn't seen a difference on our streets is because the people with the most complex mental health and addiction issues can't fit into a supportive housing environment. They are too disruptive. They're a harm to themselves, potentially to other people living there. So we haven't been able to get them housed. So as a result, though, of finding this out, trial and error, um, we, and when I say we, uh, I'm talking about my council, but also uh, a group that I'm uh, a part of and I actually help lead called the BC Urban Mayors Caucus, which is the mayors of the biggest cities in British Columbia who are all experiencing these issues. We banded together to say to the provincial government, Thank you for supportive housing. It is working to a degree, but we're not seeing a difference on our streets because those with the most complex mental health, addiction, and trauma issues can't fit in there. They need more supports, and the housing in which they are in needs to be done in smaller scale because you can't have 40 people with the most complex needs under one roof in one neighborhood. So as a result of that and advocacy we've done, last year the provincial government implemented complex care housing. Uh, which uh, they allocated almost $200 million in their budget for supports uh, and implementation of complex care housing. And a couple months ago, they announced that Kelowna is getting its first 20 spaces of complex care housing, which will take 20 people currently on our streets who are behaving the most erratically, uh, who, when you go downtown, are maybe fearful to walk along the sidewalk when you uh, see them coming. Oh, I know some of their names, right? yeah who yeah. are yelling, mm -hmm. um, behaving in, mm -hmm. a, in an erratic manner, we will now be able to get 
20 of those individuals off our streets and into complex care housing where there will be uh, more intensive 24-7 healthcare supports for them to deal with their underlying mental health or addiction issue. But again, everybody wants these individuals off the street now. And there's, you know, lock them up mentality will not fix this problem because if we lock them up and then they get out, they still have the same underlying issue. And it's not just me saying this. This is the BC chiefs of police. Um, You're hearing a lot of people in law enforcement say we can't arrest our way out of the issues we're seeing on our streets. We need to provide people supports to change their lives but people also need to face consequences. So I'm not saying no one should face consequences. I wanna be very clear about that. Um, And uh, I was really pleased to see recommendations released by the province uh, two weeks ago to deal with repeat offenders, particularly repeat offenders who have underlying issues that we've been talking about. Do you have a constant dialogue with uh, Kara from the RCMP? We do have a constant dialogue with the RCMP, uh, both politically as well as at the staff level. So uh, every quarter, uh, CARA presents to council uh, and we're able to have uh, very frank and open conversations with the superintendent of the RCMP. Uh, And then I know that uh, our director of community safety is in regular contact, I would say almost daily contact with our RCMP superintendent as well about the day-to-day goings on on our streets and, and the various Uh, pressing issues uh, that uh, we're all collectively trying to deal with together. And and, uh, we're talking about Darren. That's correct. Darren Call, whom I believe I'm guessing has been a guest on your show. Yeah. No, come on. Good. I mean, I I get them all. Okay. Rick and friends gets them all. Each diamond is uniquely different. It is special and beautiful because of its rarity. That is the power and magic of a diamond. A new store in Kelowna is open to showcase this symbol of love and commitment. Herrera, fine jewelry. The name in Latin means rare and exceptional. Much like a diamond is extraordinary and rare, just like her. Herrera, fine jewelry. Featuring Takuri, Noam Carver, Burks, and Simon G. Jewelry. Um, now, and Darren's had, uh, you know, he's come into an area... He's obviously brings a wealth of experience, but I mean, it's got to be a bit deflating when he saw that CBC story about the crime per capita. I mean, that's, that's his portfolio. So it's got to be, I mean, and we'll get Darren on the show, of course, but, but for him, that that's got to be a bit of a, a shot. I mean, yes and no. I mean, you, you've talked to Darren and, and he is um, probably one of the best in terms of what he does in the country. And he's here in Kelowna. And I think that's one point I, I want to quickly raise is that um, the city of Kelowna staff are the are the best in the country at what they do, whether it be in our development department, community safety, communications, uh, you know, you name it. We have incredible people here who live here. So it's not like they just go to work and um, put their feet up on the desk and, and just say, hey, everything's fine. Um, they live here. They're raising families here. They pay taxes here. They want to see a difference made in our community for the better as well. Um, and Darren is a great example. And if anyone has an opportunity, please listen to Rick's 
show with Darren because uh, it, you'll see for yourself how incredible uh, he is at his job. But in terms of the crime stats, uh, absolutely. Uh, it, it, I'm not proud of the fact that we have a high crime rate. Um, it's not the highest in the country, I will say, though. I have uh, another candidate claiming that Kelowna is the crime capital of Canada, which it's not. But that doesn't negate the fact that our residents' sense of safety is being eroded. I feel it too. So uh, again, it goes back to the things that we're doing. We need to deal with repeat offenders, um, not only making sure they face consequences, but get the help they need to turn their lives around. And we got to get people housed and supported. Um, that is the only way we're going to solve these issues. And you're going to hear other candidates for mayor say, well, we need a change. We need a change of leadership. Bazran has to go. Well, guess what? Change is not a plan. And I would encourage anyone who is listening to that demand of change, take it one step further and say, okay, if change is the answer, what is it you're actually going to do that isn't already being done? And that's what I haven't heard yet from the other candidates. And I'm curious to know what those plans are uh, outside of just, we need change because that's not a plan. How like the campaign is the toughest part of your job, like campaigning. Is it, is it been wearing on you on this one? Campaigning anytime isn't always fun, but when you're in the, the incumbent, uh, as you're seeing, you get blamed for a lot. Um, so it, it, it's unfortunate though, that a lot of, uh, the, the banter, uh, whether it be on social media or, uh, around uh, coffee is, is negative at a campaign time. When you think about all of the amazing things that have happened in our city over the last eight years, uh, with the growth and, and the, the progression of our community and how strong the economy is, this is a really great time for our city. And so uh, I will continue to just champion um, the positive aspects of life in Kelowna. And it's the reason why so many people want to live here. And we have to have people continue to move here if we're going to grow sustainably and have people look after us in our hospitals, provide our personal services or service in restaurants, whatever the case may be, we need growth to sustainably uh, keep that going. Um, but, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, campaigns are difficult. And I think it's indicative of the fact that uh, so in this current election cycle, 37 mayors in British Columbia were acclaimed. Nobody wanted to run against them. And I think we as a society have to just, again, take a step back and go, why is that? Why is it that nobody wanted to run against those 37 other mayors? Are all 37 of those mayors doing such an amazing job that nobody wanted to challenge them? Well, maybe some of them. But I think a lot of people see what's being said on social media, hear the negativity and go, why would I ever want to put my name forward to be subject to that? And I think that that is uh, really, to me, indicative of the, this, the times that we're in right now. Um, and so, yeah, it's hard. Like right now, I could tell you, like my, my parents are, uh, my dad just turned 70, my mom's 69. Uh, time is flying by very fast for them. Um, so every, you know, every year counts. Uh, but I, I, you know, the stress of a campaign and watching their son go through another campaign, they just want it over. They just were like, can we just fast forward these next couple of weeks? Uh, we're getting older. We can't afford to fast forward days. But in this case, we'll take it because it's just, it's, it's difficult. Um, and, uh, but at the end of the day, it's a necessary process. I still love the fact we live in a democratic society and it will be the people who choose. 
Uh, but I tell you, there's there's a lot of focus on negativity, unfortunately. But man, I really want to pull us all up to see what a great community we truly have. Yeah, we have our challenges, but boy, oh boy, when you consider Kelowna eight years ago to what it is now, I am just so proud of uh, where we're at. We'll be back in a bit with uh, Mayor Colin Bazran. Each diamond is uniquely different. It is special and beautiful because of its rarity. That is the power and magic of a diamond. A new store in Kelowna is open to showcase this symbol of love and commitment. Herrera, fine jewelry. The name in Latin means rare and exceptional. Much like a diamond is extraordinary and rare. Just like her. Herrera, fine jewelry. Featuring Takuri, Noam Carver, Burks, and Simon G. Jewelry. Okay, we're back. Um, so we, we have a question from the pit, from uh, the Cloner Now staff, which is Rick. Uh, please ask Mayor Sugar Plum if he'll bring back the Sugar Plum Ball. Oh, I love that question. Um, maybe a bit of background, though, because there's a lot of people who've moved to the city who are probably huge fans of yours who have never heard of the Sugar Plum Ball. So let me just quickly explain what that is. So when I first became mayor eight years ago, one of the uh, the first things I asked council to do is if we could paint some rainbow crosswalks downtown to show that we want to build an inclusive and diverse community moving forward. So when we did that, um, I received some negative feedback from members of our community about this sidewalk initiative or crosswalk initiative. And somebody, I guess, took to social media and had labeled me Mayor Sugarplum, thinking that that would somehow be offensive and hurt my feelings. And so it was really cool because at the time, a couple of my friends, uh, Drew Vincent and Wilbur Turner, um, who were involved in, uh, in the Pride community, texted me while we were uh, out at an event, or I can't remember what we were doing. And they said, hey, what do you think about the Sugarplum Ball? And I was like, hmm, that sounds intriguing. Let's talk about it. And so what it became was a sugar plum ball. And the first time we did it, it was an opportunity for um, some members of our community to uh, transform uh, into drag. And uh, it was a basically a really cool party that we had uh, during Pride Week uh, to, again, celebrate and champion diversity and inclusion. And... I have to say, to this day, it's still one of the things I am most proud of in my time as mayor. I literally had people talk to me that night or message me later or run, run into me on the street months afterwards and say, I've been living in this community and this is the first time I was able to come out and be who I was meant to be in a safe place for the first time ever. And that, to me, really hit me. Um, so I am really proud of the sugar plum ball. Uh, I can't take all the credit for it. So to answer the question, um, I hope to bring it back, but I also need help to do that, uh, through, uh, great organizers and it has been talked about. So stay tuned. Gotcha. Okay. Let's <clears throat> move on. You mentioned the growth of the city. It's one of the fastest growing cities in Canada. With that comes the growing pains. We have a pivotal moment and, and it keeps coming up affordable housing. And a lot of people want to live here. Like we've had Ramatusi on, we've had Doug Gilchrist, we've had Ryan Smith, we've had Shane Warman. Like, you know, we've, I've had a number of guests and I always pose the same question, which is affordable housing in an area where everyone wants to live. Right. What does that look like to you? Yeah, it's a challenge. Um, 
So I think when you look at this, this is a national issue. Uh, this is not you know, specific only to Kelowna, um, but obviously being the mayor, how do we fix things here or make it more affordable? Uh, you have to look at what is it that council actually controls. Council controls two major things when it comes to uh, construction of homes and, and affordability. Um, those two being where housing goes uh, in our official community plan is sort of the overarching document, which states how and where our city is going to grow. And then the other thing that council controls is how much housing, how quickly we can get it approved so that it can be built and open up to our residents. Uh, so I already touched on the official community plan, and I know that some of our residents um, aren't that thrilled with high rises, for an example. But our official community plan um, tells us where our tallest buildings should be built, and any towers that are being approved are in those areas. So there is a plan, and oftentimes people maybe don't understand or recognize that um, there is a, a template or a plan that spells out where all the growth will go and in what densities. So we, so that that's laid out by our official community plan. Um, so Im improving supply is increasing density uh, and more units. So not only is it through high rises, but it's in what's called missing middle housing for families. Um, and we're doing that through a, a couple of different ways. Uh, one, we're incentivizing developers to build more rental housing, and we've been very successful at that. Um, we had over 700 rentals built last year, 1,400 are under construction right now, with another 1,800 um, purpose-built rental units in the approval process. And on a 10-year average, I would say we build about 2,300 homes in our community a year. So that just gives you an idea of the volume now of rental housing that's on its way. Uh, through incentives that we offer. And the incentives that we offer as a city are on a sliding scale. So you'll get more of an incentive for a three bedroom and less as you go down to a studio apartment. So great success there. We have also incentivized what's called missing middle or family housing through something called our infill challenge. So we put out a call to the development community because again, we don't have all the answers. We wanna work with people in our community who are the experts. Um, and we, we said, how do we get more housing on the land we already have available to us? And so we did something called the infill challenge, which took a single family lot. And how do we turn that into maybe two homes or three or, or maybe even four? And we got some great ideas through that. And we've done it not only once, but we've done the infill challenge twice. And anyone who participates or follows those templates gets fast-tracked through the development approval process and can get straight into uh, building those so that we can get more family housing built. So there's a number of different things that we're doing to get more housing built. Uh, in terms of affordability, though, again, the laws of supply and demand are tricky when you've got so many people who want to be here. So again, very few levers a municipality can pull other than trying to increase the supply and incentivize us to do development developers to do that, um, but also making sure the gro growth goes in the appropriate areas so that we are a sustainable community moving forward. Is, is the province rental freeze hurting us at all in that aspect? Um, I would say probably yes. And it's also impacting a property owner's ability to make improvements to a property because again, those are costly. Um, and so for them to be able to cover the costs of doing that, uh, I would say 
there are certainly things that make it detrimental for a homeowner or a suite owner to rent it out. Um, and, uh, and so we need to continue to advocate to the provincial government who is responsible for our Residential Tenancy Act to, uh, I think a lot of people feel it, it is far too favorable for tenants. And don't get me wrong, we again need to protect tenants' rights, but that needs to be balanced by a homeowner's rights and ability to make sure that that property is up to code, up to standards, um, to make sure that it's a safe place to rent. And and what I've heard from a lot of um, rental owners is that um, our current Residential Tenancy Act makes that difficult to strike that balance. Um, so we definitely need to uh, help advocate to make sure there's that balance between a, a tenant's rights and a property owner's rights. But we also need to continue, and, and back to the affordable housing piece, City of Kelowna has been very successful in partnering with BC Housing on uh, what we would call social housing. So whether that be supportive housing, whether that be housing that's subsidized so that people who um, make a below average wage uh, are able to find a place to live, um, and that's something that we will continue to do as well through uh, our, what we call a housing opportunities reserve fund. So every year in the budget, we allocate a certain amount of money to go into this reserve fund and the city of Kelowna then purchases property, which we will then utilize to partner with BC Housing on uh, different um, supportive or subsidized housing for people in our community as well, which I forgot to mention. So how does that work with, is it a current resident that has a say a, a threshold for income like how do they qualify for that because obviously there would be a list a mile long of people that would want that Correct. people moving into the community as well so how do you kind of determine who gets first dibs on that my understanding is the canadian mortgage and housing corporation i believe don't quote me on that um has a threshold in terms of income um, and it, there's a there's a, a scale or a template, if you will, that's used um, right across the province that would spell out what is a, a deemed affordable a place for somebody to rent, and uh, and then certainly somebody would need to prove that they uh, can meet that, uh, and then they would be put on a list to be provided housing through BC Housing. So there are um, there is a vetting process. Uh, that is done to make sure that uh, the subsidized housing that's being built, and actually there is a um, the first ever BC housing high rise being built downtown, and a part of that will be subsidized housing. And so, for anyone to qualify for that subsidized housing, would need to show income levels. Um, you know, and I, I don't know if it's annually or, or how often it is, but they would need to meet a certain criteria in order to qualify for that below market market rent housing that BC Housing provides. Okay. Each diamond is uniquely different. It is special and beautiful because of its rarity. That is the power and magic of a diamond. A new store in Kelowna is open to showcase this symbol of love and commitment. Herrera, fine jewelry. The name in Latin means rare and exceptional. Much like a diamond is extraordinary and rare. Just like her. Herrera. Fine jewelry featuring Takuri, Gnome Kava, Burks, and Simon G. Jewelry. Now, I have a few more questions. These are, let's say, for whatever reason, somebody else was elected. What would you have any regrets? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, you know, the last eight years 
have been absolutely incredible. I mean, to be born and raised here and to be the mayor um, is a dream come true. I, I, I really truly believe there isn't anything better um, to have and to come from a family with such deep roots here and to have helped shape the path that this city is on. Um, no regrets. I, I, that's the one thing too, maybe I, I, um, I know for sure. And I would, what well, people are going to know now when you asked earlier, you know, what would you wish people knew about you that maybe they didn't is I, tr I have always made decisions based on what I believe is best for our community. And I sleep very well at night. Um, you know, I grew up in Rutland and I, I, I learned there that you look out for one another. You look out for your neighbors. You treat everybody equally and with respect. And I have tried my best to govern that way, but it's a challenge when people say, clean up, your, clean up the streets, Bazran. Get people off our streets. Okay, I am. I'm getting people housed. But when we come forward with a housing project, it's don't put it in my neighborhood. How dare you do that? I can't tell you how difficult that is when you have people saying those things, but then say in the same breath, but don't put it near me. And then they get mad when we make that decision. So it, it is such a hard time right now to, to govern and to lead, but I love the work. I love the fact that we are getting people housed. And um, you know what? I. I it's just, it's a challenge when those two things um, are so, in, you know, contrasting. It, it, it is going to be tough. Uh, Ron Matusi said it best. He goes, sometimes you're choosing between two evils. One is just lesser. That's all you can do. But and at the end of the day, it's, it's a decision that's made for the greater good of the community. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've always tried to do. Say, you know, high rises. People get uh, a little bit, uh, you know, upset about the fact that there are many proposed for our community. But if we don't build high rises, our city continues to sprawl, which means more suburban neighborhoods, more single occupant vehicles, more congestion. And then those same people who didn't want high rises are going to say, but there's gridlock on our streets. We need to change the way we build cities. And this is part of that. And I don't expect everyone to live in a high rise. That's why we've talked about, we have a healthy housing plan that calls for building homes of all kinds. It's just too bad that high rises get all the attention, but there's a lot of other forms of housing that we've talked about missing middle um, that is being built in our community right now. But we have to fundamentally change the way we build this city because how we've done it has, you know, spurred some of the issues that are we are now facing as a community. Is the Toko land part of that overall arching big community plan? Like, is that part of that planning process? Uh, it is. And so right now there's a, a north end plan that is inclusive of that area. Um, and to work with the residents of the area to uh, build a vision for what it will ultimately become. And I, I that's also one of the reasons why I want to continue on as mayor is because um, we need uh, really strong leadership to get us through that process to uh, create an incredible 
uh, neighborhood for our community that I think will be transformative. Um, when you think of the location on the water, um, you know, the amenities that are nearby, this is going to be something that just takes the city of Kelowna um, on an, to an entirely new level in terms of progression, uh, sophistication, um, and I'm really excited about it. And uh, I think all residents should be because it's going to be an incredible project. Let's talk about uh, the people. So I had Ryan Don on, you know, and it was... Uh, you know, he, I, I do like Ryan Don because he speaks from the heart. He's very transparent. He's a big advocate for young families. And him stepping down creates a space. Yeah. Uh, Brad Sieben creates another space. Um, as you move forward, is there any, any traits that you want new counselors to have? Ooh, that's a good question. Well... Certainly a passion for this community, number one. Um, and, and, and that's the thing I would ask is, you know, what are the reasons you're running? Is it because you just want to be on council and it's a stepping stone for something else or to help promote, you know, your, a business interest or whatever the case may be? Or are you truly running because you're passionate about this community and you have a vision for our city? Um, and so I would say certainly passion, number one, but also a, a vision for how you'd like to see this community grow and where um, is is really important. Um, it's really unfortunate, but I completely understand why uh, both Councillor Sieben and Don um, are no longer uh, continuing. And it was um, amazing to to work with those two over the last eight years. Um, uh, the other thing too is that uh, again, recognizing that you're going to have to um, make tough decisions that won't make everybody happy. So um, that, that to me is, is what strong leadership is, mm -hmm. is you aren't going to be able to appease everyone. And I think that's also what's frustrating um, campaigning right now is when you hear candidate, other candidates for mayor and for council saying yes to everything. Oh yeah, I can fix that. Oh yeah, no problem. We'll do that. Oh, no problem. That's, yeah, oh yeah. I would love to know how many conversations people have had with mayoral or council candidates who said, you know what, we actually can't do that. Or I actually don't agree with that. And here's why. And give a thoughtful response. Right now, you've got a lot of people writing checks. And it's going to be really interesting when people come and try and cash those checks. Because again, leadership is difficult. Uh, we only have so much money. We only have, have so much land. We only have, a, you know, so much of the various things that all of our residents are saying they want. And right now we've got candidates saying, oh, that's not a problem. We'll, we'll do all of it. Uh, guess what? The real reality is you can't. And so that's what I would say is as well as I would look for traits um, or characteristics in those new candidates who are willing to say, hey, this is for the greater good of the community but I understand not everybody is going to be happy with it. That's fair. Um, going forward, there's been talk of if you were, say, ushered in as a candidate for prov provincial or federal politics, is that something you would look at during your term? Sorry, re rephrase the question. So like MP, if I was approached and, and MP, asked about it? MLA, so if that came on to your like you were approached and they said, Hey, we'd really right. like you to run for our party. Sure. Provincially or federally yes. during this term. Yeah. Would it be something you would take on? So that's something that's happened to me every term that I've run. 
So provincially, I'll be quite honest, I've been asked to run by all three parties uh, in the past. So it's happened, and yet here I am serving all the entirety of every single term I've been elected to, and here I am running again for another four-year term. So it's already happened, and uh, I have stayed where I am. Okay. So okay. I think the record speaks you, for itself. You heard it here on the Rick and Friends show. Okay. Uh, the other question is, let's say there might be a counselor that gets in, his uh, last name rhymes with Rannon. Um, are you guys going to be able to work together? Yes, I would say we are. Um, goes back to some of my earlier comments about growth and not being perfect. Um, I, yeah, there are things that I wish I could take back or do differently. And my interaction with him at my campaign event is, is one of those. Um, and so my intention would be absolutely to uh, have conversations and, um, and show a, a willingness to be able to put that behind us and to work for the greater good of our community. Um, and that's obviously something that, yes, I would be prepared to do if, uh, if the scenario you're speaking of uh, comes to fruition. Gotcha. Okay. Um, much was made of your living arrangements. Do you want to clear the air there or tell us what's going on? Yeah, sure. So been through a really difficult time. Um, not going to get into too much of my uh, personal situation, but uh, circumstances in my family life have changed. Uh, and for a, a period of time was renting a home uh, owned by somebody I know. Uh, and um, like anybody, uh, is that person is allowed to rent that home out. And I'm sure you can appreciate when someone is in a time of need, as I was, um, had a friend step up and say, hey, you can rent this place. And, uh, and so that's what I did. Um, this person is a, uh, a developer in British Columbia, has not developed anything in our city in the time that I've been on city council. And as I have in the past, if there is a conflict, uh, if this individual had decided to build something in our city, I would have declared a conflict of interest. As I've had uh, recently when a developer was building something next to uh, the home that I'm now living in. Uh, and uh, I declared a conflict because it's within the notification area of uh, the home I'm currently living in. So I have shown that uh, I can clearly uh, define what conflict is. Uh, and in this particular instance, well, again, a lot is being made by some in the community of it. Uh, there was no conflict of interest that arose because this developer never had any applications before us as a council. So does that stuff, like w when you read about that, and, and I mean, you and I chatted uh, off air uh, way back when about the, the, the timing of your vaccination. Does that stuff hurt though? Does that... The, those kind of accusations, do they hurt? I'm human. And I think there's this notion that, that I, I think is wrong is that I'm just supposed to, um, this is just part of the job. That personal attacks are just, oh, just part of the job. Um, yeah, personal attacks are hurtful. Uh, not only just to me, but to my family, to my friends. Um and so it is definitely the one part of the job that I struggle with most. Because again, um, it's almost like if you, if you read something and in the heat of the moment because you're offended, you, you lash out, then suddenly now you're a bad leader because you're showing emotion and you're lashing out and you did something wrong. And again, there's this notion that I'm perfect, Rick. I'm not perfect. 
I've made mistakes. I will continue to make mistakes. I hope, uh, I hope to hell I learn from the mistakes I'm making, and I, I do believe I am. Um, but life is messy. And so at the end of the day, uh, I've made mistakes. I'm learning from them. Um, the personal attacks hurt. My understanding is there's more on the way. Uh, we have candidates who are out there publicly saying we're gonna, you know, we're gonna say things or there's things we're gonna do that are going to damage Colin's reputation. That's not fun. That's not an, you know, it's not an easy way to live your life. It comes with being an incumbent. Um, but again, especially during election campaign, let's talk about the issues. Uh, and and uh, again, there, there there's I think a, a distraction here from issues. Um, and, and I think I would really recommend and ask people to, again, bring it back down to who is the person with the vision, the leadership, the experience to actually deal with the issues that are facing our community and not be sucked into this, um, you know, notion of, uh, someone's personal life, um, and and the rumors and, and various things, which I believe are quite easily cleared up with a, a simple conversation. Don't let those distract you from the fact that um, we need to have a mayor with plans, not just change. Change is not a plan. Um, ask your candidates who are running for mayor and for council, aside from change, what are you going to do that's actually different than what's being done right now? Uh, and I think you'll be surprised at perhaps the lack of the answers you get. <laughs> well said, Mr. Bazran. Okay, well, listen, I, I've i so appreciated you making time out of a very busy campaign schedule, taking the time. Um, and it's just a, a delight to talk to you about current issues and everything else. And it sucks that you have a horrible team that you're cheering for, but you can't have everything. Oh, and and uh, the pit crew here at, uh, at Clona Now said, you have to ask him his favorite Taylor Swift album. And, and your answer does swing swing probably about five six or seven votes Ooh, in the okay pit. well it's not red i'm more of like a poppy upbeat kind of listener okay so i think what is it 1989 is that a thing 1989 yeah i'm gonna go with 1989 yes. I, I i like pop taylor swift um the dancey upbeat stuff give me more of that my kids and i love it we we you know sing and dance our asses off in the car okay okay well, listen, um, I don't know the results, but, you know, you might uh, see an uptick there with, uh, with the votes for that answer. Thanks again for taking the time. Thank you.